Welcome back to our exploration on World Building 101. If you're new to this series, you can go back into the back catalog. And I have also created a playlist over on Spotify that has all the episodes right there so that you can get caught up. So up until now, we have built our entity that is going to be transformed. We've drawn our circle. We have figured out our scourge and we figured out our hook. Today, we're going to look at the state of misfortune, the cause of the problem, and the holdfast on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and we are continuing our world building seminar, World Building 101. And this is a lot of the stuff that needs to be figured out before we do the sexy stuff of world building that people think about. We're, we haven't gotten to drawing maps, we haven't gotten to developing all of those fantasy races and creatures and magical items. We're establishing the foundations of the world so that all of that stuff that we make later will make sense and work in the universe we're designing. All right. Before we continue, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast and whatever app you're listening to me on. And if the app that you're listening on doesn't let you rate, maybe share it with some friends that you think will also get something out of this. That helps out more than you know. All righty. And without any further ado, Let's just dig into it. So we have figured out so far our scourge. Now, if you remember, the scourge is what is bad in the world. Our value being pursued, be it life, justice, liberty, what, whatever we chose, the scourge is its opposite. Now, what we're doing is looking at the state of misfortune. What is it that's just wrong with the world? What, what, what is it? This is where we get to start actually doing what most people think about as world building. What's wrong? So let's go back to Star Wars, for example. And I, I keep going back to Star Wars because I feel like most people have seen it. And I want to make sure that we have a common frame of reference for this material. So in Star Wars, our state of misfortune is the empire. The empire controls everything. There is no one left to stand up to the empire. The Confederacy of Independent States has fallen. The Jedi are no more. And while there is a rebellion, it hasn't quite organized and coalesced yet. The Rebel Alliance hasn't fully formed, and thus there isn't a strong opposition to the empire. The empire reigns. And that's our state of misfortune. This is one of the places where, as we've talked about some of the flaws in the world building of the wizarding world of Harry Potter, that that comes in. There is no state of misfortune in the Harry Potter universe. And that's because, as we stated earlier, there is no real scourge in the wizarding world. 
while there is a value being pursued, and that is love, the stories don't really focus on the idea of what the antithesis of that is. That's not a main concern of the stories. And for the main line of books, that's fine. But this is where you start seeing problems creeping in with <laughs> Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, and especially the crimes of Grindelwald. Because that movie has to, of its own accord, construct a new state of misfortune. And that's something that the books did rather well, the original books. There really wasn't a state of misfortune in the fir first book. There was a mystery. So, who broke into the vault? What's What are they hiding in the castle? Dot, dot, dot. Right? Second book, we get introduced to the first state of misfortune. The Chamber of Secrets has been opened. People are being petrified. We have to solve it. Third book, new. We have Sirius Black escaping from Azkaban. That's our new state of misfortune moving forward. The setting itself doesn't really get a state of misfortune for the world until the end of Goblet of Fire, when Lord Voldemort returns. Now, you could try to argue that Voldemort still existing was the state of misfortune. And yes, he was the force that was trying to get the Philosopher's Stone, the Sorcerer's Stone, in the first book. He, His diary, one of his horcruxes, was used to open the Chamber of Secrets in the second book. Most of the fear around Sirius Black is that they believe him to be a Death Eater in the third book. So you could kind of cobble together this idea that the state of misfortune is that the Death Eaters are still out there and that Voldemort himself is still out there. I mean, Hagrid does say that in the first book when he's talking to Harry at the Leaky Cauldron. But it is tenuous at best. We don't see Voldemort truly, truly, truly as a threat, as a state of misfortune until book four. Now, Again, this works in Harry Potter because what we see is the world itself building up. So we're introduced to magic, we're introduced to the characters, we're introduced to how things work. We're introduced to the idea that Voldemort is still alive by the end of the first book. We see that even in whatever state he's in, in death, whatever, he can still affect the school in the second book. We are reminded that he still has followers out there in the third book, and we see him actually return to power at the end of the fourth. And then the fifth, sixth, and seventh are dealing with his return. That can work if you're just doing a series. And it works quite well in the Harry Potter books. What we're doing here is building a world in which numerous stories could be contained. Or just the main series. And you can see through the Harry Potter books how the tone, the tenor, and the way magic is described changes. When we first go to the burrow, it, it seems quite clear that Molly is waving her wand and food is appearing all over the place, that she is able to create food out of thin air. This then has to be addressed in book seven when Ron doesn't understand why Hermione doesn't just wave her wand and have food appear the way his mother did. 
at which point she has to explain to him that, well, the food wasn't really appearing. They had the food. She was just kind of transporting it from the refrigerator into the air in a cooked and prepared state and using the magic to kind of transmute it and what have you. And that works as an explanation, but because the world itself wasn't fleshed out prior to us first going to the burrow, it appears that food just magically appears. We see this also very early on with the feast in the first book that it just magically appears on the tables. We later learn that there are house elves downstairs preparing the food and transporting it up at the beginning of the feast. These are things that have to be answered later because they weren't answered earlier. And for some people, they become kind of a sticking problem in the story. Well, why could food just spontaneously appear earlier and not later? I guess Hermione explains it, but... Mm. So this is where having this initial building, this initial foundation, where we're setting up our scourge right from the beginning, and the limitations that it brings into the world in the state of misfortune, that we can have this consistent level of threat throughout the stories. And when I say consistent, yeah, it will ramp up the more dangerous things become. I'm not trying to say that we won't have that kind of dynamic tension, but it will be a consistent tension. We won't have to as often, because, you know, ideas do come to us, so sometimes we do have to go back and backpatch things, but as long as we do a good and thorough job developing our state of misfortune, it will be there for all of our stories. Because our state of misfortune should be bigger than our foes. Remember, when I was talking about Star Wars, the state of misfortune is the Empire, not the Emperor. That's very important because Star Wars forgot that, or at least J.J. did, because the actual state of misfortune is born out of our scourge. Our scourge, remember, is the lack of balance in the universe. The lack of balance ceded more control to the Empire and away from the various planets and peoples of the galaxy. That was our actual problem. The Emperor was a symptom of that problem, not its root, and not its only incarnation. And that's kind of why having him come back suddenly at the end of the franchise in Rise of Skywalker feels strange, because they didn't understand where they were coming from. So to help you figure out your state of misfortune, let's look at the next two things that we're going to be doing as well. That is the cause of the problem and the holdfast. Now, the cause of the problem is just that. What caused the current problem? If we look at the actual story that's being told in Star Wars, the problem is the rivalry between the Jedi and the Sith. That's the cause. That's the problem. That's what made everything happen. That's what brought about the state of, of misfortune that is rooted in our scourge. That is the imbalance that brought about the scourge. That is the imbalance that has caused the problem. So the tug 
back and forth between the Jedi and the Sith is the real problem. And it's one of the reasons why, you notice, in Rise of the Skywalker, the main emphasis is put not on the Emperor regaining his throne or the Emperor regaining his power, but in the Sith cultists and the Sith returning to a place of power and domination, returning in full force to bring that state of misfortune to the world. And this is important for you to figure out because the cause of the problem and the state of misfortune should be different. The problem should cause the state, not the state cause the problem. The cause of the problem in Harry Potter, as we've been discussing, is kind of, kind of Voldemort, but more it's the institutions around him and would have made the series a lot more interesting if we actually looked at the differences more closely in how the two of them were raised instead of having all of that happen in the last two books. He and Harry, both orphans. He and Harry, both raised by people that were not their family. He and Harry both go to Hogwarts. He and Harry live very different lives. And it's actually that system that wore Lord Voldemort down, that turned Tom Riddle into Lord Voldemort, that is the cause of the problem. You see, to go to our third one real quick, Lord Voldemort in this analogy is the holdfast. He is the one that is instigating the cause and bringing about the state of misfortune. In a story, you can have multiple holdfasts. One can be defeated and another one rise if the scourge is not eradicated. Do you see how this works? We're building a living dynamic world. So it's the system failing young Tom Riddle that causes him to become bitter and cold and distant. So why didn't Harry become bitter, cold, and distant? I mean, after all, his, his adoptive parents, if you will, his aunt and uncle, were terrible to him in ways that we'd never see Lord Voldemort be treated. Tom Riddle, we do not see him having to deal with the abuse that's heaped on him by the caregivers in whose charge he is. That's because, again, the wizarding world does not have a scourge. It does not have a, a state of misfortune until book four, at the end of book four. It does not really have a cause of the problem. The cause of the problem is kind of well, Voldemort came back. And of course, Voldemort is our holdfast because he's the one restricting the powers of life. He's the one keeping the world from finding love because he doesn't believe that it's possible. And again, that works in the original stories. When we try to dip back into this well, well, we don't have Voldemort, so we have to try to turn Grindelwald into Voldemort, kind of. And, well... You see how that's working. And this is where the threats that were put forward in the sequel trilogy could have really been interesting. In a lot of ways, if you actually follow the logic of the story, <laughs> Kylo Ren should have been the villain. He should have been the big bad in The Rise of Skywalker. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I actually like the redemption arc that they went for because it's a big part of the story and what have, you know, of what Star Wars is. But because they chose to redeem him and have that be his the outcome, they found it difficult to find a way to redeem him and have him be the big bad. It's hard to redeem the big bad. So we have to create a super big bad in the background and thus the dead speak. And Palpatine has to be brought back as a clone to be the real bad guy that we can then act off of. You see, that's why that movie doesn't sit well with a lot of people. Depending on how you want to watch it, the scourge and the cause of the problem change by the time you get there. And it all becomes about Palpatine, when originally it was about the imbalance in the Force. Or if you look at it differently, you can actually watch as Ray and Ben bring balance back to the Force and actually re undo the work that the Dark Sun did when he brought this great imbalance in the events on Mortis. Again, if you want me to do a full breakdown of Star Wars in this manner, let me know. I would gladly do it, but I don't want to make this all about one particular series. I want it to... Be sure to help you make your own. So as you're constructing these things, you should think about who your holdfast is. Your holdfast is kind of the locus around which this cause of the problem forms and thus brings about the state of misfortune. Now, this doesn't mean that your holdfast has to be the Dark Lord, for example. It often is, especially in fantasy stories. It's your Sauron, it's your Morgoth, it's your Vader, it's your Palpatine. Yeah, a lot of times the holdfast is that person. But they don't have to be. They can be as much a victim of the system, of the state, as everyone else, and thus more or less the hand of the problem than the cause of the problem. This is, to go back to Game of Thrones, for example, if they would have actually followed through on the storylines and the world building that they had done, topic that I've covered in the past, you would have seen how all of the enemies that we've met, from Ramsay Bolton to the Night King to even Daenerys Targaryen, are all victims of the state of misfortune and thus become villains in their own rights. They were corrupted and damaged by the state of misfortune. You can see this early on with Theon. Theon's story is actually the, one of the easiest ones to see this in. He was raised at Winterfell. He felt a kinship with the Starks. But the state of the world, the state of misfortune, the darkness that was in the world, this Loyalty to family and blood above all else, even when it's the wrong thing to do, being the real state of misfortune in those stories, causes him to believe that he has to betray Winterfell, that he has to betray those who were his brothers. So we see him as a holdfast in our story, but also as a victim of the story. And you can really bring that out with the Boltons and Cersei and all of them. You can see how they are not so much the cause of the problem than someone who has fallen 
into the state of misfortune so thoroughly that they hold fast to it and perpetuate it on its behalf. And those kinds of stories are really interesting. So you have that as well. There are a lot of different ways that you can bring a holdfast into your story. And I'm not going to list them because that's not helpful. You need to find the way that works for your world. Your holdfast is one of the first kind of characters that will come about as we are designing our world. They may be a character like the Emperor that we eventually meet and face down, or they could just be a figure or an institution that is holding everything down that our heroes will be working against. Whatever works best for your story, do that. And that's the mantra through all of this. Whatever works best for your story, do that. Now, how exactly does our holdfast become the holdfast? That's what we're going to be talking about next week. On Tuesday's episode, because Monday I'm going to be doing the finale breakdown for um, Star Trek Picard. So Tuesday, we will be coming back to this topic and we will discuss how the holdfast becomes the holdfast. How the problem got started. The origin story of your world. And we're going to work on helping you craft the first draft of this that will be edited and built on as we continue. Remember, the whole point and purpose of this method is to tell and retell these stories to, to ourselves, making them better with each iteration every time we go through so that we have a beautiful world in the end. All right? I hope you're enjoying this series. I'm really having a fun time going through it with you. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, in the show notes you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on social media. I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. Alrighty, if you are fortunate enough to have a buck or two you could pass my way in those same show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and listener support. Anything you can do to help us get through these tight times would be greatly appreciated. If you don't have any money or you just don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you know somebody you think would like what we're doing here, share it with them. That helps out more than you know. Alrighty. Well, I guess that's it for today. Stay well, stay safe. But especially in these times, don't forget to have the fun. Bye. <laughs>